You're listening to the Small Talk Podcast, covering local business and community in the city of Des Plaines. Hello and welcome to Small Talk, leaking local business and community in Des Plaines. My name is Andrea Bewer, and I'm the Executive Director of the Des Plaines Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And this is Episode 2, and sitting in front of me is Joe Mock with G Motor Cars, here to talk about cars. Everything that we want to know and buying a new or used car in the current market. Yes, thank you for having me here. God, Joe, no, thank you for coming and being our second episode. So Joe Mock is a chamber member and a board member of the Displains Chamber. And over the past year, him and I have been talking about what I'm going to do with my car when my lease is up. So today's episode is buying a new or used car in the current market. Joe, I know you're the expert, so be honest with us. If I really don't know what I'm doing when it comes to my cars. I've always leased them and just said whatever the salesperson in front of me told me to do and sign right here. So what's the best way to make sure you're getting the best deal and not taking advantage of when buying a car? Well, I can tell you as a dealer, if I was a consumer walking into a dealership, I would be scared. You always hear the stories that are out there that they don't know if they got a good deal, if they got ripped off, do they need this product, did they steal their trade-in. Did they get their miles? I could relate, 100%. Right. Does the car have a good history? So I feel for the consumer because there is a lot of predatory dealers out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would be scared as a consumer. So what I'd like to touch on today are certain things that you can do to make sure that you don't fall victim to those scams or deals that sound too good to be true. And especially a big one is on the private marketplace, the Facebook marketplace, the Craigslist, the offer ups. There's a lot of scams going on right now, and I'd like to touch on some of those things and what you could do to prevent yourself from being a victim of that. Okay, so my lease is up in a couple months. Where do I begin? Should I start my researching now? Do I research on the internet? Do I go to social media? Where do I start? So right now, leasing is very interesting. Leasing is based on a residual of what the vehicle will be worth at the end of your lease. In the past, most people just complete their lease, walk away, and hop into another vehicle. Nowadays, your lease that you started three years ago, that vehicle is worth a lot more than what your buyout is. So it would benefit you to probably purchase that vehicle outright, and then you can either A, keep it, or B, you could probably resell it and make a profit on it. Okay. So where do I start? What do I do? The first thing you need to do is you need to get your vehicle appraised. And I would get it appraised from three different sources. A CarMax, there's a ton of online tools. And maybe take it to your local store that you do trust and get three different appraisals on it. They should all be within, I'm going to say, $1,000 dollars. And if someone is extremely low, then you know that they're not a player in that vehicle. So I would definitely get two or three different opinions on it. Back in the day, everybody would go to a book. They would look at the NADA, the Black Book, Blue Book, Kelly Blue Book. The problem with the books right now, which is all online stuff, is it's not keeping up with the current market conditions. 
So we're seeing two to three thousand dollars swings on the same vehicle every week. So your vehicle might be worth three thousand dollars more this week. Next week it may be worth five thousand dollars less. The books and the values cannot keep up with the market as it is. Okay, so I do my research. I get the information from my leasing company, what the buyout is. I go to G Motor Cars. Now what? So depending on if you want to buy a brand new car, you have to decide what you want to do. If you want to just sell your vehicle, then you'll just come to G Motor Cars and we'll look at your buyout and we'll appraise your vehicle. Let's take an example. Your vehicle's worth $20,000 and you owe $10,000. We'll buy your vehicle for $20,000 and we'll cut you a check for $10,000. We can do that. Or if you would like to trade it in on a new vehicle, then that equity would apply to your future vehicle. Or you could go back to that franchise store and release a new vehicle. But at least now you're armed with the information of what the money should go towards from your lease or from your car. Correct. So that's that's great advice. So what ancillary products are good? Like my car was brand new, so I had a warranty. But of course, anytime I go back in to get my car serviced, sometimes the service people ask, hey, do you want to get the extended warranty or do you want this or that? What should you do? Extended warranties have gotten a bad rap in the past couple of years because there's a lot of scam calls. Your vehicle's warranty is about to expire. Would you like to purchase a new one? How do they find out that information, Joe? Like, Because it seems like it is almost when they think it should expire, but you start getting telemarketing calls. It's based on registrations. Okay. So they figure every 12 months, you're putting on 12,000 miles. Every three years, it's 36,000 miles. And the most manufacturers' warranties end at 36,000 miles. Got it. Bumper to bumper. So that information is... So they're just is, assuming they're it's assuming, public. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know if you have a warranty or not. So they'll... It's just telemarketing. Telemarketing. So, so delete those calls. Delete those calls. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I would not I would not John buy... Block. Yeah. I would not buy an extended warranty from a telemarketer. What I would buy an extended warranty from is a reputable dealership. Extended warranties are excellent to have. I have a dealership, but I also have my own personal vehicles that I don't run through my dealership. And I do have extended warranties on those. And I always hear in my store when the salespeople are selling a vehicle and they bring up an extended warranty, a customer may say, oh, I don't need that. And obviously, we just move on from there, and, and they, or they think that we're trying to push something on them. Well, I have an extended warranty, as I said. I have another company called RentJoesRVs.com, and all my RVs have warranties on them. And recently, one with 18,000 miles, it was a 2011, it was an older one, but at low mileage, 18,000 miles. We blew an engine in Wisconsin, and it was covered. Money. The cost was about fourteen thousand dollars for a new engine, and the labor and all the other things that go into it, and it cost me out of pocket five hundred dollars. So, if I didn't have that warranty, I would have had to come up with fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars out of my pocket. So, should somebody? What if it's a brand new car and it comes with a regular warranty? And I know sometimes they still try to sell you. Would you, obviously it makes sense for a used car, but what about a new car? Okay, so on new cars, you have to determine how long are you going to keep that vehicle. Do you keep your cars 10 years? 
nowadays nobody does (laughs) yeah everyone switches out every two to three years they want something new they want like iphones they want Mm -hmm. the newest and best if you are that person you buy a new car and you would like to keep your car for 10 years there's something called a warranty wrap and a wrap what that does you have bumper to bumper which is three years thirty six thousand miles then you have a powertrain that's a five years sixty thousand miles powertrains your engine and transmission a wrap will just extend the bumper to bumper to that five year sixty thousand miles auto warranties are just like health insurance the younger you are the cheaper it is so if you do keep your new vehicles a long time you should look at buying an extended warranty up to that five-year, 100,000-mile period. If you decide you want to do it at a later time, it is going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And on a used car, I definitely recommend an extended warranty because it's a used vehicle. We don't know the history of the vehicles. Now, new cars, we've seen new cars break down with 1,000 miles on it. This is machinery. Things happen. And I will tell you, with an, the bad rap that extended warranties get, is I bought a vehicle, I have an extended warranty, I took it in for a repair, and they didn't cover it. I think we've all heard that. Oh, yeah. It's well, happened. I will tell you some of the tips that you can do to alleviate that. One of the things is keep good records of your maintenance. An extended warranty does not cover neglect. Neglect is neglect. So if you have an extended warranty and you bought it with 30,000 miles, you bring it in with 60,000 miles because the motor is blew up, and they find that you have never changed your oil. They will not cover that. Got it. If you walk in at 60,000 miles and you have a book, you could get it on Amazon, you keep your receipts, put them in the glove box, and you show them you've done your oil changes three, four, five thousand 5,000 miles, and the engine blew up, they don't have a leg to stand on. They have to cover it. Okay, so keeping documentation is important. Just very, in your glove compartment. Very important. In. Very important. Right. So what is gap insurance? Gap insurance is very interesting, and gap insurance has never been more relevant than it is now today because of the inflation of the vehicles. Gap insurance covers what your vehicle is worth at the time of total versus what you owe. I'm going to give you a great example. Mm. If you buy a vehicle cash, you don't get gap insurance because there is no finance amount. So if I buy a $100,000 car and I put $5,000 down, my balance is $95,000. Chances are that vehicle is going to depreciate faster than your balance of your finances. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, God forbid, in two years, you total the vehicle and you still owe $80,000. The vehicle may be worth $60,000. You are responsible for that $20,000. Gap insurance covers that difference. So nowadays, everything is overinflated and people are not putting a lot of money down. This is the best product you can get. I always tell people the rule of thumb is if you're putting 50% down on your vehicle, you don't need gap insurance. If you're, who, who really does that? Do a lot of people? Put, no, yeah. no. And, and the gap insurance yeah. is not expensive. It's generally between $600 and $1,000, and it gets rolled into your finance. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, do you so get it's, it from it's, State Farm or do you get no, it from No, you get your it from dealership. your dealership. Okay. And it's a couple dollars a month in your payment. It also covers your, your deductible. Most gap 
policies do. So even if best case scenarios, you owe what the car is worth and it gets totaled and they're giving you exactly what it's worth, but you have a $1,000 deductible, I believe it covers up to $500 of that. For gap insurance, you could get that from your dealership, but is there a specific company that provides it or is it... There's a lot of companies that provide like what's it. What's reputable? Like what's a reputable... Once yeah. again, use Google and do your research on okay. it. Our store sells Ally. Mm-hmm. Ally is the former GMAC. So I know that they've been around forever. I don't use Mickey Mouse gap insurance companies. Okay. Okay, so I found a car. I love it. I turned in my lease. I did my research. I'm sitting down and we're negotiating and I'm signing everything. And I see fees on there. What's legal and what is not? What fees are right? That's an excellent question. That's one of the things that I, as the president of the Illinois Independent Auto Dealer Association, I deal with complaints from consumers that feel that they were ripped off at a new car store or a used car store, and they will fax over a bill of sale and I'll take a look at it. On the new cars, based on advertising, how many times have you looked online and said, oh, I found this car really cheap? I go in there, I said, okay, I'm going to buy that vehicle. And then you look at the bill of sale and see $3,000 in fees. That's illegal. Whatever your advertised price is, is the price that has to be sold at. But what if they have a disclaimer saying based on something? Because sometimes you see that. So it's different between new car and used car. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with new car. They can charge ancillary fees, such as an extended warranty, but you could decline that. They can charge you gap insurance, but you could decline that. Wheel and tire, you can decline that. You can't charge somebody for dealer prep. You can't charge somebody for VIN etching that you didn't ask for. You can't charge them for transportation. On a new car, transportation is already added into the cost of the vehicle on your window sticker. So those are the, and a lot of the bigger franchises are guilty of this. And I deal with it Mm. almost on a monthly basis. And if you call them out on it, they'll take it out. Chances are they're just hoping that you'll just lay down and move on. Why do they do that? But I understand. Well, and I can tell you why they're, they're doing that now is because the markup on vehicles is not what it used to be. And on new cars, there's very little markup. So that's the area that they, they can that, make that's a little the area, money, which They can make some money on it. Needs to. But Understand you can make that. money. You know, Profit's not a bad word, and we always tell people right. that in the car business. But do it the right way. And on used cars, whatever is advertised, the only fee that can be added on the top line is a dock fee, Illinois dock fee. That's it. If we catch a used car store selling a used car for the advertised price plus dock fee plus transportation plus dealer prep plus runaway <laughs> yeah plus detail you can't add those in whatever the top line price is that's advertised that's the price that has to be sold to you at if you want to add a warranty on it that's okay if you want to add a gap on it that's okay but you cannot add other fees such as transportation detail dealer prep that has to be included in the cost of the vehicle. So I have uh, another question. You're closing. Is there any room for negotiation? Could you try and get save a little money that maybe you might have forgotten about or any advice, tips you could give? So right now in the industry, we've all moved to a one-price policy because of, of the market. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage of new cars because of the chips, so it inflated all the used cars. Us as dealers, we're paying the moon for vehicles right now. 
there always is a little negotiation and room for vehicles. The Back in the day when you think you can walk into a store and maybe get $1,000, $1,500 off, those days are gone. We have room for a couple hundred dollars to make the deal happen. Most of the time, though, we're advertising our best price forward. Back in the day before the cars were on the internet, people would have to go dealer to dealer to dealer and write down what the best price is. And if you remember, oh, you can't take that sheet because they don't want you to take it to another store and have someone else beat it for... Right. You could sit at home and research your vehicles. We're not going to advertise our worst price. We've got to advertise our best price. We need people to come in. So we always tell people, if I advertise my worst price online, you would never come here. You're here because... We have the best price on this particular vehicle. Got it. Okay. So that's good. So if I'm buying a used car from a private party, what are some things that I could do to prevent being taken advantage of? Yeah. So the private party industry scares me and it scares me pretty bad. There's a lot of people who are posing as normal citizens, but they're actually wholesale dealers and they are using licenses to purchase vehicles from auto auctions, some of the total salvage insurance auctions, and they're buying vehicles that are smashed up. They're sending them to a body shop. They're getting them fixed at a quarter of the price, and then they're advertising it as a one owner that they they had it, they've owned it forever. So there's a lot of scams going on in Facebook Marketplace, OfferUp, Craigslist. There are some deals out there. But you really have to do your homework on it. Number one, if a car that you want is $40,000 everywhere else and you see it online, someone's selling it for $20,000, that's a scam. That I wouldn't even look at it. If there's the car is $40,000 and they're asking $38,000, they know what the market value is on it. They're trying to get as much as they can out of it, whatever the market will bear. And those are the vehicles that you need to probably hone in on. Right. But you also, so let's talk about the steps that I would do is mm-hmm. if I was a private buyer buying from a private seller, first thing I would do is I would buy a Carfax, Carfax. or an auto check. Yeah. I would do both. Everybody thinks that Carfax is the Holy grail. It is not. The auto check is run by Experian and is kind of the back end of what all the auto auctions are. AutoCheck can determine if the vehicle was announced with structural damage. I've seen accidents on Carfaxes that didn't show up on an AutoCheck, and I've seen AutoCheck accidents that didn't show up on a Carfax. They're not expensive. Buy both of those. Number two, take that vehicle or ask them to take that vehicle to a trusted mechanic. Now, what's interesting about that, when you take a vehicle to a mechanic, it's their job to nitpick that vehicle. Okay, that's their job. They're usually going to be overbearing on it. They're going to give you too much information. You have to differentiate between maintenance and problems. So maintenance and problems, it's going to need an oil change. That's not a big deal. There's a crack in the frame. That's a big deal. So take it there and get their honest opinion on the vehicle. They'll look at the frame, and they'll be able to tell if a vehicle's been in an accident or not. So say you're interested in buying this vehicle, and both the auto check and the Carfax say there's no accidents. Does not mean that that vehicle has not been in an accident. 
It just wasn't reported. So let's just say Joe Blow is having a good time Saturday night, leaves the bar with his buddies, and smashes into a row of cars. He freaks out. He calls a friend of a friend who owns a body shop, tells him he'll pay cash on the side, have that car repaired. Nobody knows. Right. Nobody needs to know. So if you take that vehicle to uh, an inspection, we can tell if a vehicle's been painted. I can look at a car and tell if it's been painted a mile away, but that's only because I'm used to it. I can run my fingers along the lines. If there's paint lines, the vehicle's been painted. Mm. Now, just because a vehicle has paint work does not make it a bad vehicle. People scratch vehicles, get keyed. Not all accidents are bad also on a auto check or Carfax. If you get a windshield repaired, it will say insurance claim reported. If you're backing out of the parking lot and you smash into someone's cars at a slow speed, they're going to make a police report that's going to be on the auto check or the Carfax. For example, this weekend, our cars are all full of salt. Me and my wife, we took our car to the car wash. Somebody bumped into my bumper, and I said to him, we don't have to go through the insurance or the police. I took a picture of his insurance and his car and my car. If you agree to just pay for the repairs, we're done. Because what happens is if it hits an auto check or a Carfax, it becomes a diminished value Mm -hmm. on the vehicle because – it's not as high ranked as right. one that doesn't have an accident. Oh, that's great. So I would definitely rely on the experts, pay the inspection, have somebody look at the vehicle. And if the person does not want you to do that, then you do not need to buy that vehicle from that person. There is other vehicles out there. I scour Facebook Marketplace looking for scams. And I find people selling stuff and not saying it's a rebuilt title. That's a big problem. You want to make sure the title is clean. How do you do that? Ask them for the title number. Mm. You could go on to CyberDriveIllinois.com. You could do a title inquiry. Tell them you want to see a copy of the title. That's great information. Tell us about PPIs. So these are in private inspection companies. My honest opinion, I'd rather go to a okay. trusted mechanic or shop because I've seen the inspectors who come in and look at these vehicles, and they're not mechanically inclined. They've not mm. been in the auto business. They're just inspectors. They're told to walk around the vehicle, take some pictures, and then post it up, and a condition report comes on. They tell you if there's a scratch here, curb rash. They don't get underneath the vehicle. They don't put it on a lift and take a look at it. You need to go to somebody you know. Our yeah. store, when somebody requests to take one a vehicle that they want to buy from us and they want to take it to a mechanic, we encourage it. We encourage it because maybe they'll find something that we didn't catch. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't want you to do it, walk away. Okay, great advice. Okay, so what's the best reliable vehicles to buy used? Like 100,000 mile cars. Is that okay? Yes. So of course, it should be. So back in <laughs> the so. day, everybody thought at 100,000 miles, the wheels will fall off, air conditioning's going out, the car truck's going to blow up. That's not the case nowadays. The cars are built way better than they were in the 80s, the 90s. These vehicles are built to go long term. I'm going to tell you that the best vehicles that I've ever seen in my industry are Toyotas. Toyotas are incredible. They're built incredible. If I was the president of the United States, I would hire the engineers of Toyota to build our bridges because they'll build them forever. 
Toyotas at 100,000 miles are still worth a great value and very little issues. I particularly drive a Ford diesel truck that has 224,000 miles. I can drive a new vehicle every year if I want. I don't like swapping in and out of cars. My truck drives great. I do my maintenances on it. I get my oil changes. I change my tires. I do my brakes. And I dress anything that's coming up that might have an issue. Okay, so Toyota's is the 100,000 miles. 200,000 miles is okay if you own a dealership. No, right, excuse me. Right. No, but is like what? So is it so reliable? So I mean, I would be nervous. Yes, yeah, society now is accepting 100,000 miles is an okay number of But who miles really on has car. their car that goes that long? There's, there's right quite now. a bit of people we okay. see. So to, we're approaching 200,000 miles. I'm seeing a lot of trucks. A lot of diesel trucks that are approaching the 200 to 300,000 mile vehicles. I will tell you if a vehicle's, if a truck is very well maintained, a diesel, and it has 300,000 miles, I'm not hesitating to buy it. So you'd buy it. And I would yeah. buy it. Okay. Some semi trucks have seven, eight hundred, nine hundred, a million miles. Diesel engines can withstand those miles. On a gas engine, maybe not so much. So as you approach the 200 and 300,000 miles, I would probably look at if you're going into a diesel and have once again have that vehicle checked out. But as for 100,000 miles, that myth is gone. These vehicles, any of them right now are doing very well at that. Well, I have to say, Joe, I am, as you know, I'm in the market for a car and I can't wait to take this advice and go to G Motor Cars and find me a new car if there's any in stock. Yeah, right if there's now. any in stock, right. So what's the best way for somebody that's interested in buying a used or new car to get in touch with you? Well, they can call our store. It's 847-228-1900. Our website is gmotorcars.com, G-M-O-T-O-R-C-A-R-S.com. We've been in business for 12 years, We've been in the same location down on Oakton, 2411 East Oakton Street, Arlington Heights, Illinois, 60005. Feel free to ask for me if you call the store. I'll work with you or I'll have one of our trusted salesmen work with you. One last question, Joe. I know you've been a Displains Chamber member for a long time. Long time. Any story you want to share? Maybe anything that's happened good for your business that being a member? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I could tell you. Being a chamber member is probably one of the most beneficial things that I've ever invested into. When we're talking about ROI, return on investment, it's peanuts. You should join your chamber, and not just any chamber. I've been part of other chamber of commerce. I feel the Displains Chamber of Commerce gives me the best ROI. I've built incredible relationships with a lot of our members. A lot of the members who do purchase from me, it's a text message saying, I need this vehicle. And within X amount of days, that vehicle shows up at their place of business. And they don't have to worry about getting ripped off. I don't have to worry about not getting paid. It's the single thing in 12 years that I could say it's one of the, it's if not the best ROI mm -hmm. that I've had. Well, the feeling's mutual, and it's our pleasure to get the opportunity to work with business owners like yourself. So, Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I can't wait to be your next customer. Awesome. So. Thank you very much. Okay.